we call upon the Holy Spirit that's alive in the world and moving within us, then we will have the energy, the gifts, the spirit to do what we can with who we are to answer the question, how does your concern affect me? From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. A great example of someone who made the world's concerns his own was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He recognized that we're all beloved daughters and sons of God and took peaceful action. As we honor his life and legacy this week, Father Ken Simpson asks us to follow Dr. King's example and enter into discipleship by putting the Christmas spirit into action. Last time we were here, we were still decorated for Christmas. So I'd like to read a little poem to you this morning called The Work of Christmas by Howard Thurman. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among others, to make music in the heart. Howard Thurman was a black minister, a theologian, a seminary professor, a Morehouse man. He was a great civil rights leader and activist and also an intellectual. He's, many, he's a prolific writer, and his writings were a huge influence on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who we remember tomorrow. But I think his poem summarizes the weeks that we've just been through, the, the scriptures, the story of Jesus, the Christian life, the whole scene of the last month or so. And so before we put Christmas totally away, I'd like to go through the story again. We know the story, the Christmas story. There's the shepherds and the magi. And last week we heard about the baptism of the Lord, where the Holy Spirit comes down in the, like a dove upon Jesus, and we hear the voice of God calling the beloved. And today we have another very familiar story, the story of the wedding at Cana, turning water into wine, the first sign of Jesus in the Gospel of John. But what really jumped out of that story, very familiar story for me this week, and kept echoing was Jesus' question to Mary. How does your concern affect me? Or the scholars tell us it can also be translated, what concern is that to you and me? And I think that question is the culmination of the, the whole movement of this whole week, this whole, these whole weeks, this whole month, the whole revelation of Jesus. Each week we've heard an incredibly important, huge theological statement couched in these very simple and familiar stories. 
I think we might take them for granted. The nativity says that God is one with humanity. He's one with us. What a wild idea. The epiphany tells us that God is there for all, for everyone, not just one group of people, not just one crowd, one club, one church. He's there for everyone. And the baptism of the Lord last week says that, that God, that God is in all of us, that we share in that profound identity and the movement of the Spirit. And Cana tells us that God is part of everyday life. That the longing, the longing for life and love and unity, God is part of that. God is in that. And the, and the, the struggle to sustain it, God is right there. And so this is how it works. This is the if-then. If every human being shares in the, in the divine life, and even deeper, not only that, but everyone is a beloved child of God, a beloved daughter and son of God, then your concern is my concern. And if we gather like we do this morning, if we gather here to recall and remember and renew and, 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 and re-energize that identity, then others' concerns are our concerns. I could stop there, and I probably should. But that's a little heady. Allow me to go through the story one more time and invite us to reflect on the experience, the steps, the phases of the story, which I think reflect the phases and steps and parts and dynamics of the Christian life. The Christmas story, shepherds, magi, angels, stars, visitors, the main character in the Christmas story are visitors who are amazed at what they see. And they go back to what they were doing before. Visitors amazed, yes, they tell others along the way, and they have this very strong memory of an encounter with God in a way they never expected. And they go back to what they were doing before. In the story of the baptism, we hear that all the people are questioning, living in expectation. Who is this John the Baptist guy? Is he the Christ? Should we listen to him? They are seekers. Seekers who hear the word from heaven. Are invited into the identity of Jesus this powerful naming, and they are invited into that personal relationship with God. And Cana, today, this wonderful story from John where every word is important, 
but it is a celebration of unity. And it's put, as we heard through all the scriptures, in the context of a wedding. If anybody's done a wedding or been to a wedding or been part of a wedding or planned a wedding, there's lots of things that are fraught there. But there's a hope. There's a hope for unity. Bringing together two people, two families, two communities, two towns, two bringing together in love. And when Jesus sees that, he wants to keep that going, that transformation. It's a public sharing, the first sign. And it is the formation of disciples. By the first disciple, Mary, who leads the other disciples to do what Jesus says. Visitors, seekers, and disciples. Can you identify with any of those? For me, at least, there's a little bit of each of those in me. There are times that I'm amazed, and I do live out of the memory of the miracles in my life that God has given to me. But I go back to what I was doing. There is the seeker, anticipating, looking, listening, discerning. Where is that personal relationship with God? And there is the call to be a disciple, to follow and to become and to act, to be a public witness to the faith. All those things, I think, are held in dynamic, in a dynamic tension, and we need all of them. We live out of those experiences, those memories, those wonderful miracles of transformation that have, we've seen happen for others and in our own lives, a retreat or a, even a homily maybe, that we remember. And we must live out of that personal place of a relationship with God to really live out of the place of being beloved, being beloved, being in that identity that comfort, that, that, that place that no one can take away from us. But sometimes, too, we, we feel that call to that public witness in action and in word. We might feel that particularly this weekend as we look into this week ahead, that mission that we're on. In these past few weeks, we've very quickly in very familiar stories heard that God is, is in and with and through us. We hold tightly to that intense memory, to that personal identity which is lived out as we heard in that second reading in so many gifts, uniquely in each one of us, but gifts that are given for disciples in mission. So that Every time we turn around, every time we get up, every turn, every circumstance leads us to ask the question that Jesus asked. How does your concern affect me? Now that can be pretty overwhelming. As we look at all the concerns of the world, how can we possibly do that? It's overwhelming, especially 
I think, if we don't hold the whole story together, if we don't hold that whole experience as one, if we don't hold it together, then we can become great humanists or great spiritualists or great activists. And none of those are bad in themselves. But I find that pretty exhausting. <laughs> but if we hold them together, if we call upon the Holy Spirit that's alive in the world and moving within us, then we will have the energy, the gifts, the Spirit, to do what we can with who we are to answer the question over and over again. How does your concern affect me? We can do the work of Christmas. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among others, to make music in the heart. Time now for announcements and events. The legacy of racism continues to create deep divisions in our country today, and the fear of talking about it separates us all the more. Let's come together on Thursday, January 27, 2022, from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. to unpack the challenge of racial justice and build the muscle of having courageous conversations that matter. Join OSP's Racial Equity and Justice Initiative for our next event of the Courageous Conversation series. Details and registration coming soon. Foundations is excited to bring you homestyle hotcakes again this year. Traditionally, Foundations Youth Ministry hosts a pancake breakfast in January to benefit our summer work tours. With the pandemic still ongoing, we can't be together at Old St. Pat's this year, but want to continue the pancake tradition. So we invite you to join us on January 30th. There's three simple steps to participate. First, make pancakes at your home for family, friends, roommates, neighbors, or more on the 30th. Then take a picture of your pancakes and tag at OSP Foundations on Instagram or send a picture to foundations at oldstpats.org so we can enjoy homestyle hotcakes as a church community. Photo submissions will be entered into a raffle for a prize. Then donate to Foundations Work Tours. All donors will receive a Pancakes and Prayers cookbook and be entered into a raffle to win a two-night stay at a lake house. For all the details, visit bit.ly slash hotcakes2022. Join Encore on February 7th to hear Jim Bauman's talk titled, Good Writing Skills, Not Just Diagramming Sentences. In his presentation, he'll review his career as a newspaper editor and how he used humor rather than redlining to help improve his staff's craft. For more details about the presentation on February 7th, please see the January 16th edition of Crossroads. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 10 a.m. Mass on Sunday, January 16th by Father Ken Simpson. 
For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. Thank you.